Welcome everyone to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Mouth of Michigan, Ramadeka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm right here. And the Brain, Emily Merkel. Hi. <laughs> How y'all doing that. today, guys? I'm pretty good. Doing good? Brain. Okay, guys. We're going to start off today a little bit different than we normally do. We have been teasing all week some major announcements, some breaking news, so to speak, mm-hmm. Some of you may know, some of you may not know, but it is official as of around Wednesday of this past week. We are officially on iTunes. We are officially on Spotify. We are officially on Google Play Music. That's right. There is not a single place that you're not going to be able to find us. We're on Podcast Addict. We're on all the major podcasting sites. We, ladies and gentlemen, are everywhere and it's thanks to you thanks to your support we are able to get on all of these places we have some big news coming up we have some partnerships kind of in the works lots of big news coming your guys's way and we appreciate the support from each and every one of you now let's jump right into it and do what we do best guys let's help right into the college football final results obviously clemson just put a wallop on Alabama, something that I personally didn't see coming. I know, Mike, you kind of called saying that Clemson was going to win, but not, I don't think, in the way that we all expected. No. So, Mike, I'm going to start with you. They dominated from 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 phase, basically, I wouldn't say phase one necessarily because Alabama kind of took an early lead, but I would say for about midway through the first quarter until the very end of that game, yeah. Clemson dominated. Why? Um, I think there's multiple reasons. I actually have a theory on, I think, why it might have happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But from star power alone, I think Trevor Lawrence was a huge factor. He didn't turn the ball over. And as a freshman with three touchdowns and 347 yards passing through right. the game, that's incredible for right. a national championship stage. Absolutely. And uh, Justin Ross, we have to give a shout-out to him for his six receptions and 153 yards. And a couple good catches, and too. A he, he's crazy. a freshman, right? Yeah, he's, he's another freshman, freshman as so well. So they're going to be there for two more years so watch out for that program and I think Alabama really just started falling apart about halfway through I think Tua was not ready Mm -hmm. to play that game Mm because I think the only real team he played was Georgia all year and you saw what they did against Georgia like right they barely escaped they barely escaped and Jalen Hurts was the reason why they escaped right so as a whole I think Clemson just was a better team right and I think another reason too and I think you kind of touch on it with the Tua situation they couldn't score no right they were able to actually move the ball and move the ball down the field probably pretty well even in that third quarter I remember saying okay if Bama can score here and they get a stop all right maybe maybe this is going to be a game a little bit and then it turned in to a complete mollywop they would get to like the 20 the fake field goal good lord what are you thinking that was like Every everybody and their mother could have called that fake field goal coming. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. poorly executed, poorly timed, poorly planned. It wasn't sold. I also think that just like the turnovers in general, mm-hmm. that first pick six, yes. I think kind of mentally oh took Tua out of it. Yes. like he was like, wait, wait, wait. They just picked like pick six. That wait, what just right. happened? Even though he came back and threw like a 75 yard touchdown after, oh I think gosh. that initial interception plus the one that he just completely missed by like 20 yards later in the third, mm-hmm. I think all of that plus the turnovers, a fake field goal, and a couple fumbles in the red zone, and you couldn't capitalize on right. it. I think that's a big problem that they had. And what did, what did you see from the game? I know you kind of were kind of in and out, and you don't really care because it's not Michigan. But I know that you were kind of surprised because you asked me the question: Isn't the Clemson quarterback a freshman? So you're kind of surprised by that. Kind of what two did last year and kind of came out of nowhere from a perspective of this freshman's coming in here and just throwing dimes. Any any real reason why you thought that, that Clemson really dominated? Anything that you kind of noticed? I mean, as you know, in and out of rooms is a big theme with me. <laughs> and, um, but I think 
I, I think that every now and then someone just upsets Alabama. I think Bama is just on top perpetually. And so yep. I think like when someone really comes out there and you have a young freshman quarterback who they haven't really played, mm-hmm. they don't really know his talents, his abilities, and he mm-hmm. comes out there and he kind of like rocks their world. It's really easy to throw off a team that's right. as dominant as Bama is. And as you pointed out, their competition, I mean, they just, for the most part, they annihilate well, most the, yeah, of the competition I, they play. And I think Bama now, I think, has... This is now a couple times now where you've seen Bama run the table throughout the whole season mm-hmm. and then get caught in the championship final. Um, right. Where I think that is something that I maybe Bama needs to start looking at and say, maybe we need to start playing some teams yeah. outside of the Citadel. You know what I mean? Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, in all the seriousness, you <laughs> yeah. know, because, yeah, they'll play Auburn, but Auburn's not who they used to be, right? I know they play they played Georgia, right? Play LSU. And they, yeah, and they played LSU. And LSU, I will give them credit. They had a tough gauntlet of yeah. season. But, I mean. I actually have one thing got? to add to that. Um, how much do you put in the coaching carousel that Alabama goes through? Because every single year they change coordinators, they change positions. Oh, absolutely. Coaches, where, yeah. like, Clemson, since 2015 when they first got there, mm-hmm. I don't think they've changed anybody. So right. I think that oh, the correlation that like right. you have your same OC for four years mm-hmm. and you see the same defensive coordinator, you you build that trust there. And Nick Saban's like every year someone's leaving. Yeah, and, and you I have think, to go fix it. I think that the, I think there's two. I think there's a certain aspect where I think if you're Nick Saban, it's hard to keep your assistance because when you have success, right? And this is something we'll touch on next week with the Sean McVay effect. Yeah. But when you have success in your field as a program like Alabama has. What do what do every other team in the country want to do? They want to replicate that, right? So rather than going to find that diamond in the rough from another school, they're going, okay, I'm going to take, okay, Alabama's offense is really good. They carried them, we think, to a national championship. I'm going to go pick their OC to be my head coach. I'm going to go pick their defensive coordinator to be my head coach, right? So I feel like that revolving door is in most part due to the fact of their success, and yeah. I think that's something they have to do. But I agree with you that because yeah, that- of that, they are they suffer at times because of that inconsistency where every year it's a new scheme. Every year it's exactly. like this, every year it's like that. But I mean, at the same time, let, and then that kind of segues to our next topic about has Clemson officially now surpassed Bama as the best program in the country overall? Now I'm not talking championship for championship because they both have two, but as far as just in general now, this is the fourth time they've met. They're two and two equal, but Clemson has two. National championships over Bama, where Bama only has one. And now I think you're seeing a situation, especially with Trevor Lawrence being a freshman and and really taking over and taking the world by storm, it looks to me like Clemson's going to be the new team to beat now. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you there. I mean, this is the first 15-0 team since 1897. I think that was like something that they said. Mm -hmm. And that's insane. Like (laughs) To think that... The last five years that we've had the college football playoff, the number one seed has never won. That is crazy to me. Like That's I don't know, if, I don't know nuts. if you guys knew yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't. You know, you just said that, and it like it. When, when I you, think about it, yeah. it's yes, I when, agree. When Alabama, won, when Ohio State won it, they, they were, were the four. four right. Bama last year was the four. Yep. Bama right. Last year was the four, and then the two years that they switched winning, they were the twos when they won. Okay. It. Right. And so the Clemson's, number one team's never won. Right. Number okay. one team has never won it, mm-hmm. and I think that's actually very interesting. Right. But to go back to your point on, I think 
Dabo Sweeney is a phenomenal coach. Yes. He said, I'm going to change this Clemson program into a winning program. Yep. And he did just that with his And for those of you who don't know, Dabo Sweeney was the interim coach when the previous coach got fired at Clemson. He had an opportunity actually to go back to Bama where he, he used to coach before. Um, but he actually took the job, was given the job after he had the interim title, and has really transformed the program. I know mm-hmm. he recruited Sean Watson. He, I mean, his OC at the time, I think, is was is the Arkansas head coach. He left right yep. before Sean got there. But... Um, Dabo Sweeney is, I don't think people truly are understanding and appreciating his excellence because he has really taken a program in Clemson where outside of the past maybe five, six years, real you knew about him, right? They had like the Taj Boyds of the world, right? Yeah. But they didn't they weren't churning out the talent that they are now. They aren't dominating the way that they have in the past few years. And I give that a lot of credit to Dabo for too. really building that program to a level where it's at now. M, do you think Davo Sweeney is a better coach than Nick Saban? Obviously, Nick Saban's the hot name. Everybody kind of compares who their program to Alabama, compares their head coach to, to Nick Saban, right? But Davo now has officially cemented himself as a top-two coach, I believe, in all of college football with the second national championship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll be able to answer that question until they stop coaching. Okay, so, yeah, that's so, a unique take. All because, right. I mean, things kind of like... Well, I'm if, sure if that maybe today, Clemson's right? on top for the next couple of years, mm-hmm. and then Bama, and it could if if they keep their programs, right. that the assumption is that the university allows them to stay. Well, they'll they'll stay. It'll if be more if they them. just decide to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, they decide to leave. Right. But I mean, unless I don't think either of them have a particular reason to go to the NFL. Right. So I think I yeah. think Nick Saban tried and failed desperately. So that yeah. was that was fun times. <laughs> Where do you go? Sorry, Miami. <laughs> oh, Miami. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so eh, I think I think it'll be hard to tell. I think that. This big, I think this is a big, a big win for Clemson, and definitely oh, an indication of the change of the tide. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about Bama's record before Nick Saban. Not good. They they had a they they're they're kind of a generational thing. So they had Bear Bryant back in the seventies, sixties and seventies, and I think a little bit of the eighties, um, where he was their head coach. He's a, he's a historic head coach, one of the greatest of all time, and then they kind of went through a really big down period there mm-hmm. until Nick Saban got there. But right, so they both kind of turned a program around. Places. Absolutely, around. yeah. And when Nick Saban got there, it immediately just like that. Pretty much changed. Okay, I'm gonna have everybody right now. Just, it just uh, as a long shot throw, call your shot right now. We've kind of done previous segments like this before. We did it about this national championship. Call your shot right now. Who wins college football playoff next year? You say Michigan. I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> no, they're definitely all. um Clemson. 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 With Trevor Lawrence. M? Yeah. Clemson. Clemson. All right, I'm gonna go. Mm. I want to say Georgia a little bit, just because they still got their guy third year. It's, yep. That's a tough one. Here's why I say Clemson. Yeah, they have. I'm gonna call. And we're gonna. I'm we're gonna say Georgia just just to get on my just to get Georgia. on the train right now. I'm gonna get on Georgia just because I think they were close this year. I don't okay. think they let it slip away. I, I think they could actually beat Bama, and yeah. if they beat Bama, they could probably slide in yeah. to the playoff. I'm expecting the, the sophomore slump to come out of Lawrence. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's kind of my thought. Well, okay, this is what I think is interesting too, mm-hmm. and we're gonna touch on this. I think it's our next top next topic that we're going to. Right. But Trevor Lawrence is freshman this year. Yep. They have a freshman uh, wide receiver that mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. There are four out of their five linemen are freshmen this year. Right. So you're it returning. makes this win so much more impressive when you put that in, in perspective. perspective. You're returning all these guys. You're returning like eight defensive players for a junior or senior year. Yep. Like you're not losing much. You're mm-hmm. losing your big defensive tackle that's going to the draft. That's probably a projected first rounder. Yep. And you're losing uh, Yogi Ferrell, yep. who's the defensive end. But besides those two big pieces, I don't think you really lose that much. Right. And their secondary was not highly touted going into this either. That no. was the weakness of this yeah, team was their as, secondary. And as 
you saw they only left 16 right. through the game. Right, so the quote-unquote best offense or one of the best offenses in the So, country. I mean, that's my reasoning behind Clemson. Right. I could definitely see... Like a Georgia Clemson, though. Right, that absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It's just kind of like, I, I kind of, I, I, I don't want to pick Bama because that, that's the easy, that's the cop-out way, right? I knew yeah. you would pick Clemson. I know you're really high on Trevor Lawrence, but Georgia yeah. to me is, is interesting. I just don't think there's another team no, outside I don't think of so. three that no, really I don't think have so a chance. Okay, so now that we mentioned Trevor Lawrence quite a bit here on the show, so there's been some speculation here where he's kind of said, or it's kind of been some reports, are people just talking and saying, okay, this freshman came out and destroyed, right? And won a national championship but he's only a freshman. So he's being forced to stay at Clemson for a next year and probably the year after that, right? He's got to stay at least two more years, right? He's got to be a junior. So, I mean, if he wants to go to the NFL and you're Trevor Lawrence, you've literally accomplished everything you wanted to do. You won the ACC. You won a college football. You beat Alabama of all people to get there. You've done everything in your first season. There's literally no possible way, unless they go undefeated and win another championship, for him to get any better, right? Like, yeah. his stock is never going to be higher than, than right, now. right now. So, my question to you, Mike, is should he be allowed to go? 100%. If he, I think it's, and it's also with, like, college basketball. Right. They're, they have the one and out rule. Mm-hmm. But I think it's kind of like the same thing where, like, I think if you're ready, mm-hmm. you should be allowed to leave. Right. Like, college basketball, you can leave after freshman year, but if you're, like, my stock's not high right. or I'm not you ready, you can come back. Right, which is, I think, something the NCAA, which... Football, I think, needs to adopt immediately. Yes, immediately. Because you have guys like Trevor Lawrence who could just come in mm-hmm. and he could get drafted to uh, the Giants right. and he could just elevate right away, right. I think. Yeah, or or yeah. he can even sit behind and do something. Yeah, yeah. But some of these guys that are freshmen, sophomores, that are just ready, mm-hmm. but now they have to stay two more years. What if Trevor Lawrence tears an ACL? Right, and, if, that's, and that's the that's like point. Yeah, that's, that's like the worst case scenario for him because he's like, I could have just left and got my... Thirty million dollars, right? And but, but now set I'm, for life, and set for and life. Now I have to pay two more years for free, mm-hmm. to, and a possible injuries and stuff that right. could occur. Yeah. So I think just like college basketball, I think college football should be able to, especially because I think college football is more like you have a more prone chance to get hurt. Absolutely, like college Absolutely. basketball, it's like more how many? Game. Yeah, more it's like a more game. physical game, and you're making them safer. You know, years. and it's funny actually that I think Bill Simmons even made the point too in relation to basketball, where you go and say, okay, these kids, these one and done kids, like these Zion Williamses of the world, right? They're gonna come, they're gonna show up, right? They're gonna show up when September, right, of the uh, during the year, or maybe you know, like whatever, yeah. August. And then they go, they play the whole basketball season, they play into March, you know, depending on the team, first, second, third, fourth, finals, whatever, and then they leave. Yeah. They're there for six months, six, seven, eight months. They go through barely a semester, barely two, maybe not even two semesters of college, and then they go. Rather than leaving from high school and immediately going to like a G yeah. League or what, or what have you. Yeah. So it's like, it's one of those scenarios to where, and obviously you couldn't go from high school to the NFL. That's too big of a change. Oh, yeah, but definitely. if you're in a situation like Trevor Lawrence where you dominate at that level, I think that you should absolutely be able to go after your first year if you've done everything. It makes okay. no sense to me, and I get it, You're it's a grown man's game. It's a grown-ass man's game is what they it said, is. right? Yeah. But at the same time, you've dominated. Every scout has said, you know... He could be the the highest, highest, the, the highest touted scout or the talent that they've seen since Andrew Luck, right? And and that's saying a lot because yeah. as you as we've seen what Andrew Luck's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you think that he should be able to go? He's you, an adult. You make your own decision. If the, if the team wants to hire him and he's an adult, he makes his own decision. Right. There you go. I mean, I think that's pretty straight simple. But I, I guess because he's not allowed to, right? 
But to your point, Mike, he tears an ACL. Now everything's out the window, and now yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. It, it's a situation now to where do you think that if they don't change and don't allow this to allow that to happen, do you think they should be paying these guys? I know that's a hot button issue that we could go hours on, but yeah, just uh, just kind of summarize your thoughts on it because to me, I feel like. If you're going to keep these kids there, and I understand the free education point of it, but yes. people need to understand, these kids are not going, the, the highly touted athletes that go to the NFL draft and get drafted are not going there for an education. And you are absolutely kidding yourselves if you think that that's why they're going to Clemson, to Ohio State, to Bama, to any of these places. They're not necessarily, for the most part, highly regarded uh, you know educational institutions okay they're going there because they have a good coach they're going there because yeah. they have their their it's just a stepping stone to pros. go to go to the pros yeah. you know what i mean there's some situations like duke's a really good school michigan's a really good school so you go there for that but those are the guys you don't hear about those mm-hmm. are the guys that don't get drafted so uh, to me i feel like it needs to, I think it's going to be something that is going to especially with Tua and now Trevor Lawrence both two quarterback freshman quarterbacks winning a national championship the past two years. Yeah. I think that's going to be something that is going to be asked for even louder than previously just because these young kids who are being forced to play, you know, for free basically mm-hmm. and are putting their bodies on the line instead of going for the pros and making that money. I think now I don't know specific like paying them like mm-hmm. all right you're getting this salary for this game right i don't know about that per se because mm-hmm. i think that's a lot harder to do what i would say though is why can't they just like go and eat like sell their jerseys or sell right. like sign some stuff or do auto do something like trevor Lawrence is such a big name now right. if he sold his game day jersey oh or whatever right. like there you go there's a hundred thousand dollars or whatever <laughs> and there would be no problem because right. there's some like i don't think like people that play in like at like toledo college mm-hmm. like they Obviously, should be getting, yeah, like, there's extenuating there's... circumstances, but these college athletes, uh, there's wide reports of this where they're like, we can't afford to get food sometimes, right? They're yeah. still at the end of the day, they're college students, so they don't they, uh, they get a stipend. I understand for for stuff, but there's at times where they've said they can't get a job because you're practicing and you're training yeah. and you're and you're doing all these things, whether it's the off season or not. You still have to go to class sometimes. I'm gonna put that in air quotes because we all know that's kind of meh. Mm-hmm. But still, the point being is that these are college athletes, but the, the, the emphasis is on college. You don't have time to go get a part time job. You can't. You don't have a car. You don't have these. Some of these luxuries. I, I guess I'm gonna use that word luxuries. Is as a normal college student, Mike, you're a college student now, right? You have a job. You can mm-hmm. go make money, and you can kind of support yourself. Yeah. Rather, some of these guys, it, it's it, this is their life, right? Yeah. This is the only way that they're going to do it. So, uh, Em, how do you feel? Do you think that there, there should be some you sort of stipend or, or something? You're the financial expert, so yeah. there's obviously a lot of yeah, implications with that. I am sure that in top programs, their football, football players uh, find themselves being a little bit more spoiled and the university probably takes care of them a little more than like your middle of the road program mm-hmm. i'm not i guess my concern isn't quite so much for the trevor Lawrence's. Know, trevor lawrence's or whomever's <laughs> of the world i don't know right whoever is of the world who are probably assuming no major injury happens they're going to get drafted they're going to go make 30 million dollars a year yeah. whatever it's fine yeah. like it's for the people who are proud that like they play at michigan or mm-hmm. at like Ohio State, and they're not, they never really are able to be the star player. Right. The guy they're, they're not, they're playing those college the people, football, but they're not going to get drafted. They're not going to get drafted. And those people, it's like, well, gee whiz, you probably didn't, 
get a per- like you probably didn't go into a major maybe you wanted to go into because you had to you didn't have the bandwidth time, right. to focus on all of that. Mm-hmm. It might not have, not many people can do those two things, especially as competitive as football can be. Absolutely. And those guys are the ones who are like, okay, well, I have a degree that I don't want to do anything with, mm-hmm. and I don't have a thirty million dollar contract to go to. Right. So I think those those people that we miss in the middle mm-hmm. are the ones that I think are hurt the most. Hurt by the most Absolutely. by the fact that. Then what would your solution be to it? I don't know, cancel all college football programs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the problem, though, no. too, is I that think... you're going to wind up having is you can't do this just for college football. No, no, that's, that's awesome. That's, yeah, that's it. You have, it's got to be yeah. all and across the board. And then what will happen is that all the men, the men's sports will get it, and then the women's sports will still be there like, hello, I know nobody actually watches this, but you're paying them. So like, <laughs> Well, that, that, that could be obviously something. I don't know if it's like a revenue sharing sort of thing, like... Right, well, that's if the thing. Dabo Sweeney and, you know, like, let's just Jim Harbaugh, right? He's making $7 million a year. Mm-hmm. He's making $7 million a year, right? And yet, these guys can't afford, at times, to do things to, you know what I mean? Like, th- those are the situations for me where I go, that that's that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. At the end of the day, I get it, he's, you know, he's a top coach, but yeah. you're making $7 million a year to coach these guys up and... Yeah, I don't know if it's profit sharing, revenue sharing. Like, hey, the football brought this much. Football teams brought this much revenue into the university. Like, mm-hmm. depending I, on the player you are and like where, not maybe where you're ranked, but some sort of yeah. mathematical formula. Like, you get like one percent of like, what should I like a U of M or a Alabama? Yeah. That's a huge yeah. percentage. But right. if it's like a revenue sharing or the whole team gets this much and it's like bonus compensation almost, mm-hmm. yeah, like that, like a bonus a pay ways, at a company. Right. There's a lot of different ways you could do it. Yeah. Do you think that just quickly here uh, before we hit the break? Do we think that the NFL? We touched on it a minute ago. The one and done system. Do you think that the NCAA and the NFL should come to an agreement similar like the NBA does, to where they say, okay, yes, you go to school for a year, right? Trevor Lawrence, Tua, whoever dominate mm-hmm. and if you dominate and you think you can go and you can make that you can make that adjustment then you should be allowed to leave if you you know and have a similar system like the nba does we're gonna rate you we're gonna tell you listen obviously basketball's only got two rounds for the draft right yeah. so it's either your first round talent or you're not but if say okay yeah you're, we're projecting you to probably go for maybe second third round and you go Jeez, man, that's even even a second round contract. You're making a total of probably about six million dollars in the life of that contract. So you think, okay, you know, is that uh, do I have an ability? I'm already I'm a freshman. I have ability to be a second round pick. If I have a down year next year, right mm-hmm. now my stock takes a hit. Yeah. Now I'm not a th- now I'm not a second. Now I'm a fourth round. Now I have to come back for my junior season, right? Where if Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, I guarantee you, if he was if he left today, he'd be the first pick. He'd be, yeah. He'd depending be the, on what, I was just saying, obviously Arizona's the, the first overall pick, but I'm saying if he'd be the first quarterback taken, let me put it that way. I would 100% he, agree He'd be that. the first quarterback taken. Yes, I 100% You know what that. I mean? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Just just quickly, do, do you think they should go to that system? I think they should. Now, here's an interesting thought. I think it would be dumb, and mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't work, but what if, say, like, they did this system, mm-hmm. and Trevor Lawrence goes into the draft, or not even Trevor, let's, like, right. some like, like Karan Higdon. Right. Say, say he was, like, a a sophomore, right? And his draft stock, like they were like, you might be second, third. And he was like, I think I can deal with that, right? And say he gets like he goes down, and down. He's like a fifth rounder, and he goes, I want to go back to school. Would that be a cool thing? Mm, that's tough like, because do you the, want them to like declare no. and they have to declare? Yeah, you have to. I think you have to because well, you lose a, the team loses a draft pick. Yeah. That's but the no. Exa- but that's... what if you could say like 
say like you draft him and he wants to go back, but after that year, then he can be on your team. Oof, that'd be interesting. That'd be interesting, but I feel like then the NFL would bleed too much into the into NCAA to where then teams yeah. would be like pulling like, no, I want him off the field because. Yeah. For whatever reason, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's where I, I think you get but a then little I could see, sketchy but then with it. I but baseball see. does it, though, too. Baseball owns rights to guys, and yeah. they go play in college. Like, if you drafted Trevor Lawrence, but he was, like, a second round, he's like, I want to be a first. He could come back to Clemson. Mm-hmm. If he improves, then you can go, okay, I'm going to go to New York now. Right. Like, and yeah, just I, think, right I, think the pro- I think the only thing that you would have an issue with is that in that scenario, right, if you're Trevor Lawrence, you get drafted, right, but you say you want to go back, it's going to be very difficult for a team to spend any sort of true investment into you yeah. because basically, especially in the NFL where, as we talked about last week, head coaching tenures are so short now, right, mm-hmm. where you have to win now. It's it's very difficult for you to say okay I'm gonna pick this guy but he's gonna go back to school and I'm gonna wait yeah it's gonna be you it's hard I mean? for the pros in the first round right yeah. I'm gonna take he's my franchise quarterback but I he's gonna go back to Clemson for another year that's a tough sell to any fan base to any because if he oh, gets no, hurt it's hard for pros if he gets yeah. if he gets hurt you're that. screwed yeah you know what I mean and you don't get that pick back so I yeah. think that there's a there's a small issue there, and I think it's something we can talk about next week. Where we'll talk about the All American Alliance League or whatever that's starting up here that Bob Quinn touched about in his press conference. We'll hit on that next week. But right now, we're doing, we're going to take a break here, and we're going to give you guys a brief commercial on all of our social media. A reminder once again: we are on iTunes. If you look up "I'm Always Right Sports Podcast," you'll find us. We're on Spotify. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast on Google Play. We guys are everywhere. We're still on SoundCloud. We're now on YouTube, and we thank everybody for subscribing. Please keep subscribing to our YouTube channel. It's going to be uh, on the graphic here shortly. We're still on SoundCloud. Like I said, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Follow us everywhere. I'm Always Right PC. I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Guys, we're everywhere. We're going to continue to grow, and we appreciate all the support. We will be right back. Hey guys, it's your favorite member of the I'm Always Right team, Emily the Brain, coming to remind you uh, to check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Twitter. You can find us all at I'm Always Right, or our handle is I'm Always Right PC on all of the social media platforms. Hey guys, this is Rob also reminding you that we are now on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music, and YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to our channel on YouTube and to look us up by typing in I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. That's the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and now YouTube. Be sure to like, subscribe. Thank you for all the support. Now here's part two of this week's episode. Okay, and welcome back. Now, we're going to segue now from the college football scene now to the pro wrestling scene. The biggest thing coming out of pro wrestling, as of this recording, guys, is the all-elite wrestling press conference rally thing that just got out. Obviously, all-elite wrestling AEW just got kind of announced in the past couple weeks here. It's it's the biggest thing happening in wrestling today. It's it's some of the biggest news that we've heard in a really long time. Um just overall, just getting your general feeling, guys, on this. Are we excited? Are you, are, I mean, Mike, are you excited? I've never been more excited. I'm not going to lie to you. Right. Like, I love everyone that's in it so far mm-hmm. up to right now. I mean, the Bucks, Cody, 
uh, SoCal. I love all of them. So all of them starting their own thing. Mm-hmm. And stuff that they said, which we'll get to later, about their that they talked about at the press conference yeah. is really intriguing, but still, like, it leaves questions. But it's not like, oh, I don't know about this. It's like, right. I can't wait for this. Right. And, and Right, absolutely. Em, are you excited for AEW? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound really excited about it. You sound really excited. She'll definitely be in and out. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, it has a lot of... I mean, it's the guys that I began watching right, that Ring kind of Honor with. your eyes with. So right. those, yeah, those are a lot of my... Yeah. And depending on if Marty ends up joining... He will in a couple of, months. A couple yeah. months, yeah. yeah. A lot of those guys are some of my favorite guys, so I think it'll definitely be really, really cool to see. I hope mm-hmm. they don't ruin themselves. Well, no, and but... I, here's the thing. And I think why <laughs> the, the, the general excitement I feel and the reason why people are so excited is a couple reasons. Number one, um, it, it's some of the guys, it's the top independent names... You know what I mean? The Young Bucks, Cody, Hangman, SoCal, uh, Kenny's probably joining here. You, you, we've seen reports that he yeah. recently turned down a WWE offer. Um, huge so, offer. Yeah, a huge offer. Jeez. So, and we probably, and Chris Jericho is signed oh, on, right, huge. for a three year deal. That's a huge thing. Pac, there's well, been some, Pac, yeah, there's been some rumors about Goldberg possibly being involved. We haven't really heard anything confirmed on that. But, what I think is most exciting and what should really be a telltale sign for fans is the funding behind it, okay? The fact that the uh, Mr. Con- the Khan family is behind this promotion and is invested heavily mm-hmm. already into what they're doing and are allowing these guys to kind of run it, the wrestling portion, and are kind of, are kind of staying out of that is a huge Fantastic. deal. And I'll tell you why, guys, because if, when WCW first was established... Um, when when Ted Turner bought w, bought Jim Crockett Promotions, which at the time was NWA, and officially formed WCW, it was the big. It was one of the most finan- biggest financial investments in wrestling besides the WWE. This right here, guys, is the biggest one since then. This has the makings already to potentially overtake TNA pretty quickly oh, here in God. a second. And if they land a TV deal, which we've heard rumors are kind of in the works of already, if they land a TV deal, and it doesn't need to go against Monday Night Raw, let me be very clear about that, but if for whatever reason they they land a TV deal and really knock this out of the park and do it the right way, which means growing at a certain pace, they don't need to go global. That's that's what killed WCW and killed Jim Grock Promotions was they they tried to go too fast and that's what forced the buyout. And then WCW fell victim to complacency. If they just stay with what they know, which is good, hard-hitting, fast, action-packed wrestling Mm -hmm. with the financial backing that they have from the Khan family, this could be huge. This could be the biggest company outside of WWE to hit North America since WCW. And I think I speak for all of us when I say that is a huge, not only huge deal for the wrestling industry, but also is as a fan, which we all are, is something where it's going to be the first time in a long time, and for a lot of younger fans, will be the first time that WWE has truly had competition yeah. where there is a true alternative to something on a major television network to go, yeah, I'm going to turn my t- I'm going to turn the channel to that. And a ratings war could definitely come into play, which would make everything so much better. Everyone looks at the Attitude Era and says that was a really great time, and there was a lot of memorable moments and, and superstars that came out of that era. If we have a, not even to that extent, but if we have one similar to that, the way that we possibly could with the money that's involved here, look out, folks, because we're in for a roller coaster of a ride. Um, I, I guess the question for uh, for the Young Bucks and Kenny and Cody and all that stuff is, 
why why not go to WWE? Why why not? Because if uh, the the consensus is you're the biggest stars right outside of WWE, why not go and and kind of write that chapter to kind of cement yourselves as some of the best ever? I think. I think the only I think there's a couple big reasons. One, I think they look at WWE's program currently, mm-hmm. and they just go, "This sucks." Yeah, it's just <laughs> not good. And I don't think. Sorry. They, I mean, they I just I don't think they want to be a part of it. Like they go to Raw, mm-hmm. and the casual audience that watches Raw probably won't even know who the Young Bucks are. Won't know who Kenny That's a are. That is a problem. And, I mean, they'll know Cody, right. but they won't know like these guys. So when they're doing their thing, mm-hmm. like their thing, no yeah. one's gonna react to it. They're all just gonna be like, "Oh, these guys are cool." Like right. it's yeah. not gonna be Who that are these big guys, right? Yeah. Why are they making such a big deal about it? It's even like people from NXT that come up, and you're like, I you see that, and that's yeah. a great comparison, right? You see the guys that come up that are huge, huge stars in NXT, yeah, and then they come up to the main roster and they flounder yeah. because they don't have the time invested in them, mm-hmm. in their characters and their development and their storylines to really showcase what they can do because exactly. the roster is so much bigger. Yeah, so I think that plays a part, and I also think that they just they just want to do their own thing. Like I think they want to be the head, mm-hmm. and they want to make all the booking choices which i definitely trust them because when you see people like triple h right. who can run nxt and he right. can make you, those decisions and you go, wow. and you go right. look at what they're doing mm-hmm. and nxt uk and what they're doing and then you can go to aew and you got cody and the young books right booking matches and because and it's run by wrestlers i think that there's been a lot of talk of wwe guys who maybe not be on to- are not on top of the card anymore or have never been are looking at aew and saying wow if it's run by wrestlers, I would think I will be more valued there, 100%. and I can contribute more to a yeah. company like this with my name value. Because if you put the former WWE superstar in quotes there, immediately people know who you are, yeah. right? From a, from a wrestling perspective, Absolutely. I, I think that I think you make a lot of great points there, uh, uh, Mike. Sorry. And what do you think? Why not go WWE? It's the biggest company in the world. Why, why start your own promotion? I mean, when if you go to WWE. You probably could cement yourself as a great wrestler. Probably. As, as and, one of the greatest. And sure. one of the greatest, sure. But you could be one of the greatest figures in wrestling. Of like, period. A, right. Period as a whole. Mm-hmm. If you're a group of wrestlers who start your own promotion and it's like and succeed. Su- successful. Yeah. Oh, these yeah. these guys, I mean, like even with the way they wrestle and just like how like Cody's personality and kind of what you can gather mm-hmm. from the moves he's made, similar to the Young Bucks. These right. are entrepreneurial innovative guys Absolutely. they're not they're like different you can't they i feel like and cody probably realizes this from his time at wwe he doesn't he doesn't thrive in an environment as well like oh, where you're right. told what to do they script mm-hmm. everything this is their show right and cody and the young bucks they're making this their show they could go down if this succeeds and this goes on 20 it, it 20 could, years it, could, it, it generally and i'm not i don't mean to over exaggerate this but it could a hundred percent change the whole landscape of the wrestling industry as a whole, especially mm-hmm. if AEW partners. I know it's not official yet. I know New Japan and Ring of Honor have their own thing, but if Kenny signs and Jericho is going to kind of still be doing his New Japan stuff with AEW, if those partnerships start to align and you have that talent exchange there, I expect a lot of changes to happen in WWE just based off of that. Just because if you get to a certain point and the ratings have been as low as they've been overall, attendance has been down. I think it's going to force WWE to step up their game. Yeah. It's going to force them to kind of to get some of their talent under longer term contracts, and it's going to force some of their talent to go. Okay, we need to we need to step up mm-hmm. our level. Yeah, we also talked about this before. How like 
the ratings are down and people are talking about it, and mm-hmm. that's like that's good for WWE. Right. Even if you're talking bad, you're still talking about it. Right. I think the problem is, especially if AEW gets like a TV. There's deal. if they there's get a major rumors, network, everything changes. It's rumors that it's like TBS or TNT. That's what I've heard. I don't know if you've heard different. They get on TBS. Those, wow. Yeah, those are the two I've been hearing about. Mm-hmm. But if they um if they go to like Mondays. Now people are going to be watching Raw and going, wow, this isn't good, but let's go watch Cody and the Young Bucks. Let's see what this is about. Let's see what this is about. And if they like that more, then yep. people won't even be talking about WWE anymore. They'll be, oh, did you see that AEW show last night? Right. And I think that's the WWE's biggest problem. Do you, do you think it lasts? Do you think it'll last? Um, it depends. I think it's going to be hard because I I don't know. I don't not, I do not know. The reason why it's, the reason why I asked this question, right, guys, is because when you look at it and you go, okay, the only reason why I have hope for it is because of the financial backing. TNA when it started, right, was was founded by was founded by the Jarretts, right, and had some people in, in the Carters invested in it, right. But I don't think it's to the level that the Khan family is. Yeah. And I think that TNA was so slow and did that whole weekly pay per view thing. If they can get on a major TV network, not Paramount, not WGN America, no, a generic channel like TBS, like you're saying, that everybody has, if they can carve out two hours on a weeknight yeah. show and produce at the same level right now, because that's what's holding Ring of Honor back. They haven't been able to get on actual TV. Mm-hmm. So a, a real TV that everybody has. If they found a way to compete, doesn't even need to be head to head, but they can compete in general and say, "Hey, our ratings are better on a Wednesday night compared to yours on a Monday night." I, I, I think I think I we're think totally yeah off I think races. I'd have to watch like the first couple. To see, oh yeah, like, obviously how like if it's like a two hour because I don't think most independent shows mm-hmm. like that have weekly shows like Ring of Honor and stuff right. only are like hour long mm-hmm. or like or forty five minutes or something. Yeah, and they're not even on TV, so like. Two hours and they're not really used to that kind of work and stuff. It's gonna like, take it's gonna some be... time to grow a roster, but I'm saying if they grow that roster, look out. Yeah, it's just gonna be interesting to see if they can find con- and mm-hmm. find, get everything going for two hours. If right. they can constantly do it though, I'd watch out if I was WWE. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely, it's gonna be tough. Okay, let's shift now to the NFL and we're gonna talk and we're not gonna talk specifically about the wild card games because there's a lot of stuff that happened. Um, you guys kind of probably already know that or not. And we're not talking divisional games because as of this recording, we don't know what happened. And by the time you guys hear this, everything's already going to happen. So there's no point yeah. in it. But we will be doing a very special AFC-NFC conference championship game preview. So be on the lookout for that. We'll tease that on our social media and let you guys know when that's going to be released. But NFL rule chain, we saw a couple instances. And the one that comes to mind the most is that Bears-Eagles game, right? Where there was a fumble that happened. And the refs oh, on the blow, catch. yeah, on the catch, yeah. right? The Bears get down almost within striking distance, and the referees blow it off as an incomplete pass, right? Yeah. And then it was reviewed that it looked like it was probably a fumble, but the referee yeah. picked it up, and nobody knew what to do, yeah. right? The refs didn't know. The people on color commentary didn't know. The players were, were waved off, so they didn't know, right? And... I know guys, like I saw what was uh, Tony Dungy and um, mm-hmm. some guys on NBC were like, as a player, I was always taught to grab the ball no matter yeah. what. I'm like, Get out of here. You're a liar. Don't give me that crap, Rodney Harrison. Okay? But well, they're not wrong. But like They're not wrong, but at the same time, if the ref rolls and displays and then picks up the ball, what am I going to take the ball to the ref? No, no, yeah. I'm going to pick. No, it's just stupid. Yeah, but, no, I agree with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just a just a thing, and we're going to kind of combine two of these topics that I have here on our show sheets. Combine here is there's been so many rule changes 
in the past few years, why don't the refs know them? I know that's a weird <laughs> question to ask, I guess, but if you're really looking at it, why don't they know? That's their job to understand and realize what happened. Yep. And the fact that there was so much controversy over that, where they almost gave the Bears like a 20-yard gain because of that and put mm-hmm. them within striking distance to score in a close game like that, would have blown my mind. Yeah. Well, it's just so hard because like the rules literally change. I don't even, like, they're not like written change, yeah. but they're just like changed on the dime it feels like almost. right right it's like it's like the roughing the passer thing like, that, and that's it right it's it's because I guess of these rule, bring that yeah, one of these rule changes are is you've realized there's so much more inconsistency now more than ever and em i know you saw this you know especially just watching on the lions games where there'd be a roughing the passer one play and then stafford would get hit the same way and you're like but that was the same hit that why did we yeah. just get called for that I, I mean, do you think that's why officiating's been so bad over the past this especially this season, I think more than more than recent times, I feel like in my mind, just from just watching it, I feel like because of the amount of rule changes, you still don't know what a catch is, right? You still yeah. don't really know what roughing the passer is half the time. There's been so many changes that even the refs don't know anymore. I mean, you have lots of changes and you have people making decisions. Right. So I mean a lot of I mean when it comes to physical contact and, like, games and watching a game and trying to make a split-second decision, this whole thing is real subjective. And then mm-hmm. if you don't have, like, a really specific set of rules that have been standard for, like, mm-hmm. a couple seasons now, right. you just run the risk of everything being an absolute, like... Disaster? Kind of. A, and then you make room for fans to be real ticked off because you're like, well, that call was called for their team but not for my team. I, th- I think one big problem... They need to have a big conference... And they do. All the rules. They That's do. the sad part is that they do. There's a, <laughs> there's a whole committee. There's a whole committee that they go and they teams propose rule changes. They propose things to say, hey, like the Lions proposed that 10-second runoff thing as the, this needs to be changed because we just got screwed out of the playoffs because of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that the problem that the NFL, and this is just my opinion, but I think the problem that the NFL is coming into is that you keep – touching and fidgeting and messing with stuff right yeah to the point where no one everybody can maybe read it and understand it yes but applying it to a situation never works it's it's literally let's let's bring in like math right like you could be doing like cl- problems in class and you're like mm-hmm. oh this is so easy right and then you do your homework with the applications everything you're like I have this is not no what idea. we learn right. like it's literally like you i can read it on paper i'll catch you need two feet in or a knee, right. and with possession or whatever. Okay, cool. But then you watch that Bears play, and you go, right. well, he had two feet, but then he kind of dropped it, so did he have possession? Right, is it a fumble? Watch it a fumble? the Des Bryant catch from a few years ago. Yeah. Looks like he caught it, was down, yeah. and then it hit moved, so it's not a catch. So it's not a catch, but like it never hit the ground, right. so like I'm confused on how... There's no... Well, and that's the thing, too, and it's so subjective, and I feel like, and this is, I guess, the topic, too, is... It's bringing more inconsistency to the game, yep. and to me, and I think it's going to, and I'll ask you guys both this, and I'll start with you. Do you think that because these rule changes and because the refs have been so inconsistent with calling a number, and I mean a number of things uh, this season, do you think it's going to cost a team in the playoffs this year? I mean, you got the divisionals coming up this as of later today, Sunday, and obviously the conference games and Super Bowl. There's a I th- I feel there's a high probability that a rule that's misinterpreted or misapplied or not applied or what have you is going to cost a team a football game this year. I really do. I mean, for sure. I mean, in close games, anything can cost 
Yeah. A team yeah. Game. And so we've clearly seen quite a few issues with this throughout the course of the season. Mm-hmm. A couple almost screw ups, and then a couple actual screw ups. Well, it comes like, to like to my point, right? If they if they don't if they call that a fumble and they give the ball to the Bears on like the ten yard line, the five yard line, whenever that catch was, and the they game. score, they win that game. Probably. Yeah. They win that football game, and the Bears are playing this week, and not the Eagles. Now, I think the only difference to that is I, I agree that's like yeah. a touchdown is a big difference, but I feel like it has to be in like the fourth quarter, and I hate saying that, right? But like. If something like that, like say, like some weird first, happens in yeah, the first quarter, you. you can't even like like if yeah. that did play did happen, mm-hmm. you can't be like, well, the Eagles got screwed they out. They make the game. wonky calls in the fourth quarter too. They've done some. Well, that's no, that's what he's saying. That's is what I'm that saying. It's is. much more impactful to happen if it happens five minutes left in the fourth quarter and they call a pi yeah. or they call roughing the passer on Brady, even though no yeah. one touches him. Like it, it's much more impactful because a team can't recover. From the first quarter to the fourth. Yeah. Listen, I mean? like if that ten second runoff happened when the Lions played Atlanta at halftime, half right? You just go into halftime. Like, All right, like we're down three. Dumb. Right. But like it literally costs you, like single handedly costs you the game because you had no. There's no way to recoup. Right. You had nothing. Then not like play, not you didn't even know the play. Mm-hmm. Where then I think that's the part where you can say it screws the team out. Yeah. And I do agree with you. I think there's going to be a catch rule mm-hmm. or. We even saw it a few times with like a roughing the passer on like a fourth and thirty or something, mm-hmm. and it's going to be like, oh, sorry, he roughed the passer, even though right. it's a close call, and I think it's right. going to screw the defense. Team yeah, or and that's the thing. A defensive holding. There's so many different avenues where you just go. It, it, it's just I feel like we're right on the edge there, guys, and it's just bound to happen. Where I think they kind of escaped last week with a couple of those calls where you're just like. I don't know, you know, and then it, and then we're finally going to see one, whether it's in the Super Bowl and a conference game where every fan in that fan base is going to go, wow, we just got screwed. Yeah. And they're going to point right to that call. Yeah, it's, it's the Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboy, pass interference, no call, all yeah. over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you'll hang your hat on that forever where you'll go, that was a P.I. I don't care what anybody says. It was a P.I., but because this portion of it didn't happen or what, you know so what I mean? So how often do you think, do you think these are kind of, I've never been in the game that they're rigged games. Right. But I think there's a big component that there's a possibility absolutely. that you could absolutely... Like, that Lions game, you're like, I really don't want the Lions to advance because, like, right. matchups and stuff, it wouldn't be interesting. Right. So then you go, oh, let's actually pick up this flag. Right. Or, like, the 10-second runoff I, or something. It, like, you know what I mean? Like yes, I think, yes and no. Yes, because... And this is something maybe we could delve into on a future episode during the offseason, but it, depending on what happens. Yeah. I absolutely do. I, I think there is a general... And that this is not me, Rob, the Lions fan talking. Okay? No, as a this general... Is, this is me as a general fan of the NFL. Yeah. And even to a certain extent, the NCAA a little bit. But I definitely think that the NFL values... It. Like, if Green Bay and Dallas Cowboys are fighting for a chance to go to the Super Bowl, the NFL could not be more thrilled. Those absolutely. are two prestigious franchises with iconic logos... Top play at the time, you know, you have Des Bryant, you have Tony Romo, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Jordy Nelson. You'd have these great America's team versus the original team, you know, in Lambeau Field and Vince Lombardi. And make me want to just throw yeah. up just thinking about and it. That's also why I can never, honestly, guy, I can never vote against the Patriots, right? Because when they like this weekend, they're gonna and this recorded Saturday Absolutely. afternoon, so it's before their game, right? They're gonna play the Chargers on Sunday morning at one o'clock. I cannot pick the Chargers only because. If it comes down to like, Something. is that a catch or not? They'll, I think they'll, they'll get benefit, the benefit. They'll get the benefit, right? More, because more it behooves the NFL, right? Granted, obviously it would be cool to see the Chargers go, but it behooves the NFL for Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. with Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, to make another run to see if that another team can beat him. Yes, you know they could just give them a straight pass to the Super Bowl every year, and people go, "Yeah, it makes sense." 
Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I like the Jesse James catch. Like, yeah, I don't know if it was a catch, but they're definitely just going to lean the Patriots way and say no, it's not. Absolutely. And stuff like that. So Absolutely. that's my two cents on it. But okay. So let's shift now from the NFL playoffs, and we're going to go right into – we're going to go – we're going to end today's episode with the NBA. Now, we teased this a couple weeks ago, but now we're really going to dive deep into it. The, and the NBA now is going through somewhat of a metamorphosis over the past five seasons. Scoring has never been higher. In 2018, the average game, average score of a game was about 106 points, right? This yes. year, it's 110. Yes. Okay, that's now it doesn't seem like a lot. It's two buckets, but overall, mm-hmm. that's quite a jump considering years past. It's about a point. Now to jump four, that's a pretty big difference there. <laughs> James Harden, for just an example, has been on fire. Okay, yep. he's been averaging 30, 10, and 10 on a consistent basis. Now R- R- Russell Westbrook's been on fire. Anthony, there's been a lot of guys that have just been. You know, I'm not even talking about LeBron or Kevin Durant or any of these guys, but um, and I guess that all kind of it. Does that make you as a fan? And Mike, I'm going to start with you because you you're really into the NBA. So, does that make does, does the higher scoring, the more offensive, explosive plays make you as a fan like the product more? I don't know if it if I like it more, mm-hmm. but I think as a as a fans of the game, right. You can even equate it to other sports, like mm-hmm. say football. Would you rather see a 10-7 game or like a 34-31 shootout? Right. Because people, it's just people like scoring. Right. And you have so many great, that's why people like James Harden and people like LeBron, Giannis, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry are like the big names out there. Right. It's because they go out, Russell Westbrook, they score like 40 points a game and everyone's like, wow, he just scored 40. Yeah, he scored, that's like, the big headline. Now, he put instead, you can have someone like Chris Paul who's not as big but he plays like some crazy great defense. He averages like four steals a game but no one would know that because they don't care about the defensive part Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Uh, so I think... Defense as, is boring. Defense is... Well, and honestly, and no. Sense, I, I mean, M, for you, because you're not the biggest NBA fan, right? What? What? Yeah. I love NBA. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to me. But, They're not bad. Uh, but the point is, is that for you, because you are more... Like, Mike's a more in-depth fan, right? He'll watch a lot of... He'll watch a regular season game between the Lakers and the Hornets and enjoy it, okay? Hey, LeBron's on the team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. He'll watch a Pistons versus the Brooklyn Nets game, okay? Nobody wants to watch that. But it's the rough, point being, though. right... You're a more casual fan. So, do you find that the offensive, higher octane style of play is more conducive for the general fan to, for them to enjoy? I mean, it sounds obvious, but at the same time, I'm, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily in that camp. So, for you, do you think that's more of a, as a benefit for the league? Well, as the uh, podcast token casual fan of all things that we talk about, <laughs> not necessarily, but I mean, but no, I am. You can but never it's sit okay. still for three hours. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fat guy. No, I, I think that. <laughs> I think that in some regards, I think. I think it does make it a little bit more interesting. For example, I know there are lots of hockey fans in the world, but when people talk about why hockey games are exciting, it's halftime because people punch each other in the face during those. Okay, that's true. Hockey games. You guys can be wrestling the fans. You can see you punches all the time. Yeah, I know. And I watch. They're fake, but. <laughs> and I watch hockey games, and they bore the bejesus out of me because right. you might put the little puck in the little net. Like, like once. Wow. Well, all of our twice. hockey audience just went, well, click. <laughs> <laughs> cool, we lost you all. I know, but legitimately, it happens like. Maybe with between both teams, like up to five times a game. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot high more interesting. And that's a high scoring game usually, right? Three to you know, two. That's a pretty. To watch people drain threes and getting those layups or on back forth, right. like and having success when they go to score, 
makes it. I yeah. think it's more exciting. You get especially. I feel like it's even more impactful at a live game. Right. Like when you are the people in the audience watching the game. Oh, absolutely. You get a lot yeah. More oh, when you go on an eight hole run and you make three three or two threes and a right and a dunk, dunk or something. Right. Yeah. Like the, the crowd is nuts yeah. and absolutely. So Definitely. I think that's something to where and I think the part of the biggest reason why I think that the NBA is why there's such a high scoring game overall now is because of the three point shot. Right. Every single team. In the NBA, right, values three-point shooting now more than anything, which is why I don't think we will see for a very long time another team like the Detroit Pistons of 2004. Because what the Pistons of 04 did was played the best defense in the league and limited you and, and forced you to do things you couldn't do. That's what stopped those. Besides the Lakers hating every hating themselves, right? That's what they did. They limited your possessions, right? They possessed the ball and made the most of it. And then when they went on defense, they locked you down, right? They they forced you to play smarter they forced you to take shots you didn't want to take that is not today's NBA we have not seen that in a very long time we'll see games where we just saw a double overtime game between the Spurs and was it the Rockets where it was like uh, 140 OKC. or OKC 140 to 136 147 139 right okay you got it right on the right on point so the point being you know three guys in that three games got you know three guys have 40 plus points in the game what have you so the three-point shot, obviously, right? Steph Curry has completely revolutionized the game. I don't care what anybody says, he has because oh, of his absolutely. ability to pull up from half court and make it with mm-hmm. some general consistency. Knowing what we know now, right? That that's the that's what's going to be in trend, and that's what's going to value because people need to score. What's the next trend? Ooh. That's how we're going to end today's episode. What's the next trend? Because, like I said, you're not going to see that rough and tough defensive style that the Pistons have won basically all of their championships with. Um, is it just gonna? Is that just what it's gonna be? Is the adoption possibly of a four point line in the future well, gonna be I, the new thing? I, I think they will add a four point line soon. Yeah. I don't think it'll be much of a. I think it'll make it more unfair if you're not the war. Like if you're Steph Curry, you're making it the four point shot almost every, every time. time. Then so I I wouldn't like that for a certain extent. I think totally changes the game if they do. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think something that would be intre- Well, that we're seeing right now is I think big men are mm-hmm. gonna shoot way better. Okay. I, oh, okay. That's like a revolutionized right. of that, that of that position itself. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to change because I think you're going to have teams like the Warriors and stuff who have one, two, three. They're one, two, and three. Right. Able to shoot crazy. You have Clay, Steph, Durant. Mm-hmm. Can shoot like monsters. Right. Then you have Draymond, who's you know Draymond. And <laughs> yeah, then, we've we've talked about that before. We're not a fan. No, I mean like, he just can't shoot. I mean, <laughs> I know he, he passes well. That's rough. And then, but then you have you're gonna have Demarcus Cousins, who's also a shooter. Right. And if you're gonna average 130 points a game or whatever, they can average if they have yeah. to. The only way to stop him is to have shooters around. Mm-hmm. And I think having a big man that can go out and guard, and then who can right. also shoot the three point right. to spread out the defense. Right. Which then allows, I think you're going to see a lot more cuts and two-pointers. Right. Because if you're the Lakers, say, and you can't shoot the three as well, but you can spread everybody out, mm-hmm. and then you can have just LeBron one-on-one coming in every single time, I think that's the way you can beat some teams. Right. And I think, I think what's the biggest thing for me is you'll see two very stark differences, right? You'll see teams, kind of like the Pistons are, right, where they have two bigger guys, Blake and Andre, yep. right? They they play best inside, and then you're gonna see another half of the league adopt the Warriors philosophy: five out, and we're just gonna we're yep. gonna just shoot you to death, right? Basically, it is we're just gonna keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting, keep 
keep shooting. We're not, we're not we don't have to drive no. because we don't need to, right? Yeah. We're just gonna stay out here, right? Good ball circulation, right, yeah. and go, right? The the that's why I think the LeBrons of the world will stick out because they're able to do both, right? Where they're able to drive and manhandle people down low, but also anytime like LeBron, especially in the finals, will literally drive up, stand there for twenty five seconds, and right before the buzzer, just jack up a three and nail it in your face. So I think you're gonna see two very stark differences teams that'll drive and be, play bully ball and then you'll see the other half the league play the finesse yes. shooting game it's just whatever talent you have right also you have to if you're the lakers i'm a big laker fan mm-hmm. obviously we all know this um if you want to win mm-hmm. if you want to beat the warriors you have to slow momentum down right because there's no way at the warriors pace or the rockets pace mm-hmm. you're not beating anybody right that absolutely pace. All right, guys, that's going to be it for us this week on Episode 7. Reminder, we're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on YouTube, we're on Google Play, we're on SoundCloud. We're everywhere, guys. We are everywhere. Thank you so much for liking, subscribing, and commenting. We will see you guys, as always, next week.